minutes 38 remaining. They lead by 10 points. It's Fremantle's game yeah. to lose here. Sandalands the big fist. Oh, look at that field. lovely on a, on a Wednesday night to have a chat to you, my friend. Certainly is. We've got a uh, we've got a big week to get through. We're heading into the bye, so we've got a few a few other issues to discuss. We've got a few different segments. We're going to get through the Brisbane game. We'll kick that off before we run into these different segments, but you want to get us started? Oh, I thought the boys should have probably just gone straight to Bali rather than flying to Brisbane, right? Go over and have a few bintangs. Um, wasn't it? Uh, wasn't a very good game. I was there. Very disappointing. I backed him hard uh, on the punt, thinking that they could get the job done, and they could not. Um, very, very disappointing that the boys, for the first time this year, when Matt has been there live, couldn't get the job done. Maybe it was that I didn't really put any effort in to go to this game because I live so close to it. They just thought you were um, milking it. <laughs> yeah, rather than me flying from Brisbane to Perth to watch them play. So we, um, went, we went down 18-13-121, 9 goals, 10-64. We got done by 57 points, 10 goals. Yeah, we lost a by team, 10 goals. A team that was on a nine-game losing streak, hadn't won yeah. at home all year, and I think their best losing margin was like 37 points for this year. So it's pretty mm. disappointing. They, <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure they beat Gold Coast in round yeah, two or whatever it was. That was their only win. Um, very disappointing, really. And the really bad thing was they smoked us in the midfield for a team that's been getting smoked a lot. Um, very, very uh, worrying signs. Yeah, to, um, their, to their credit, when you look at their midfield on paper, um, it's pretty good. I mean, they, yeah, got, they got up and Sorco, about Beams. Um, beams, are really, that's a great starting midfield. Um they had a few guys, like, who was that guy on the wing, Cutler, kicked four goals or something? It's like, oh, come on. I learned a, not a, a lot of new players. Yeah, there were a lot of guys where you sort of had to, to check the record, wasn't there? But it was so um, disappointing to see us get, we got, like, like Ross said, quoting the great man, obliterated, and I think that was to an extent, and uh, that wasn't exaggerating. Could have even been, um, not, you know, talking it down a bit. Yeah, it was it was worrying to see how easily we rolled over. And you know what? The start just really sets the tone again. We end up being four goals to nothing before we even blink. And it's just like, oh, here we go. Like, can we please just start with an 18-man defence every game and just wait until the 10-minute mark before we play <laughs> forwards? Like, what's, what's the point of starting with forwards at the moment? Like, <laughs> the ball's not going to go there. It's tough for me watching it to break it down, to look at who fell down. I mean, when our mids go down, it exposes our backs and puts too much pressure on our forward line, which I think our forward line at times is dysfunctional when we're playing well. So when there's when our mids drop, it exposes our backs, which haven't been, I would say, they would be maybe the least performing area of our team. And when they just got exposed like that, there was just nowhere to go. 
they're very susceptible, our back line, because as soon as, you know, Hamlin can only spoil so many, and I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, he was a um, Hamlin, Hamlin can only spoil so many. Then we start relying on Jono, who is more of that, you know, classy rebound player rather than a pure defender. So, like, early in those first two rounds of the season, he got found out when he had to defend. He's sort of, like, not the best defender, if that makes sense. He's yeah. more of an attacking defender. And then you start relying on guys like Spur and, you know, Sheridan and these guys. And then there's two other young guys in the team, Cox, who played a little bit back through there and a little bit through the ruck and everything. But Liam Ryan, I thought, was not bad when he got a chance. Um, but we, we can't rely on those guys to just keep continually saving the, the, the day. Like We have to put some pressure on them in the midfield, not let teams out of contests so easily. Yeah. Is it disappointing for our forward line in a game like that, or is it too hard to call it on a scoreline? Like they obviously didn't get the entries and the deliveries. Oh. Or did you... Because at times I thought they could have done more, could have presented yeah, better. I think... I think you're spot on. I think Kirsten and McCarthy and Tabs last week were great examples of forwards that unless it lands in their bread basket, they're not giving you any pressure, anything on ground level. So they looked like they didn't even try on ground level. Um, and, and really that's the difference. Whereas if they can start looking a bit dangerous, even if the ball doesn't come directly to them, then suddenly, you know, we're not three men down when the ball hits the deck. Um, but I thought they were really bad. Those two, they did nothing. I think they had they had a couple of touches between them. I think there was a really good Frio Dokers post about it, um, about Kirsten. Yeah, shame, shame Kirsten. They're like, I'm sick of this biased, you know, reporting. Shame Kirsten had, you know, one mark, three hand passes, and a tackle, and he wasn't even named in the best. <laughs> tell you what, like that sort of summed it up. Highlights for me in terms of players, and I think he's going to go on, I'll call it now, pretty early, but probably will win our best and fairest, I think. And well, at this point, I reckon anyway, Lockie Neal, who's just having yeah, a standout was, season. He was named as, yeah, he was he was good, and he was one of the only ones that was really trying. Did did made a few mistakes, but in a game where it was littered with mistakes. He um, seems to be getting a lot better with his disposal. On. Yeah, he sort of needs to play... Like, uh, he's like an inside player that can hit up that short kick. And as long as, as long as he can keep hitting that short kick or running and carrying, then he's really quite good. Um, I, I really think that we need to change the whole way we go about our forward line, as in stop just flogging a dead horse of having Monday 5, Neil in the middle, and having Kirsten, McCarthy, Tabs and Walters down, like, let's just change it up. Let's go, okay. And they do, they, in, to, to the team's credit, we have chucked Fife forward a lot more. But how about we start like that a few games? Go, all right, Fife, you're going to play the first quarter forward and just see what happens. <laughs> what are we yeah. going to do? Get beaten, beaten worse in the midfield? Like, we're getting flogged in the midfield. Like, I, I can't understand why that's a bad thing. We definitely um, need to change some things up. They've got to buy to think about it. Looking after the buy though. Just before we go after the buy, so sitting at the game, we had pretty good seats. We were just under cover, so we didn't need a poncho or anything. The weather sort of turned, it was okay in the first quarter and then started pissing down in the second and third. Um, so we had behind us a, a couple of Dockers supporters 
that I'm not sure if they'd made the trip or whether they were living in Brisbane, but oh, they, they were didn't. sort of that. They were sort of that sixty years old couple of old salty dudes, one one lady, um, and basically, oh yeah, boys, how you doing? As we came in, sweet, we went with a couple of Dockers people. Yeah. I was with two mates that um, were going for Freya but aren't Freya supporters. Good boys. Um, and and basically from the get-go, these people behind us, it was like I was at Subiaco Oval. It was that bad. So it started out, they were just as negative as anything. So anytime anyone did anything, it's, oh, why did you do that? And I was like, oh, it's going to be a long day. These parrots, these guys in my ear. Oh, I think as First a whole, one... <laughs> need to need to... Every every supporter probably needs to unfortunately just prepare themselves for things like that because it's not going to be good for your health if you're going to rock up hoping you know you need to not lower your expectations but just for yourself just go in a little open minded of of what could happen. To be honest, I'm I'm okay when people make comments like that was a bad decision, move, play, whatever. These guys were just saying it for anything that happened. So, you know, a hand pass, oh, why did you hand pass? A kick, oh, why did you kick there? Even if it was coming off. So one of my favourite, I called him out on one. Mundy got the ball at the back of a pack and did something. It wasn't bad, it wasn't good, so he hand passed it on or whatever. He's like, oh, Mundy, he's terrible under pressure. And I turned around and went, didn't sort of like three <laughs> weeks ago he kicked the goal after the siren to win us the game and hasn't he done that twice <laughs> like isn't he not bad under pressure and that's like a really stupid thing to say oh and the guy like we weren't on bad terms like we weren't berating each other but I was like I'm not putting up with that and he goes oh we're talking about this game though it's like oh right, <laughs> okay. so just discount his 250 games <laughs> um there's a couple of others like classic don't kick backwards, kick it, don't hand pass it. Why'd you kick there? Where are you going? And it's just like it just made the game much less enjoyable if that was you possible. Can, you can give them credit though, because if I had gone there, I probably would have shared some frustration with them. And it is understandable. If you were saying this stuff, mate, we wouldn't be mates, so I don't <laughs> think you'd be saying that sort of stuff. This was pretty bad. It was classic you know, peanut supporters, nuffies on AFL pages sort of comments. Well, luckily for us, for Dog Talk and for everyone else, we get to move forward. And mm. for us moving forward, we'll look to, I suppose, the buy and what what we have post-buy coming up because things don't get... Our run, our next run, our next five that you're going to take us through, Juddy, they don't get any easier. And they, Well, they don't come easier than Brisbane, but... These aren't yeah. incredible games. Well, it's almost, it doesn't really matter who we're playing at the moment because when we play crap, we get spanked and when we play well, we win, more or less. We've, yeah, we've said it from the um, beginning. <laughs> like, really, it's it's it, when we play crap, we're going to lose no matter who it is, even if it's the bottom of the ladder. Um, so, currently, 6-6, six and six, um, which, in all honesty, after everything we've just said about the last few weeks... If you were to tell me in February that we'd be 6-6, six and six, I would have been jumping for joy. I would have been like, that is crazy. We've obviously improved, blah, blah, blah. Mm, so definitely. I think we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. There has been some development. No, we're definitely optimistic. We, we all got carried away when they were 6-3 and three or whatever it was. So, um, so basically, it's brought us back to a little bit closer to those expectations we deserve. So at 78%, uh, it's, it's pretty... Um, indicative of how our season has gone um 
post by first up we've got Geelong at Simmons Stadium, which is always a fun game for us. I think Jeffrey Farmer got uh, hypothermia down there one year <laughs> um, in a spanking, so I don't know how many wins we've had down there besides that final that we played in, which we all know was a, was a ripper. It's in the intro. Um, well, it sure is. That is a good one too. What I've been meaning to ask is, in the intro, there's people talking in the background. Where did you get that sound bite from? That was just off the YouTube clip that I got the Dockers was highlight. Was it at a pub or something? I No, it was just on the highlights reel, on a Dockers highlights reel, and I just really liked it. I don't know. It must be off a movie. Chocolates yeah. for whoever can name the movie or find it out. Put it on the Facebook page. Everyone's been dying to know. I've been meaning to. Yeah, they have. It's not the first been, time I've been asked been a, this. It's been a hot question, hasn't it? Um, so we've got Geelong away, then we've got St Kilda at home. St Kilda at home is a winnable game, however, St Kilda can turn it on. And They're a good sort. Yep. Um, but it's still a winnable game. Ruse away is a winnable game, however, Ruse are starting to find form and they're probably pretty pissed off that we stole the last time off them. Mm. We play well away at least, I don't know. Uh, Eagles as our home game and then Hawks as our home game is our next five. So... I've sort of graded them as we're not going to beat Geelong. St Kilda's less likely, so maybe 40% chance of winning of that, maybe. Ruse, maybe similar, flip the coin. Eagles, they've got the wood on us. I'd be... That'd have to be pretty bad. I want Josh Kennedy to roll his ankle again for us to win that. And then Hawks, hopefully we can get the job done against the Hawks. So if we win two out of the five, I'd be thinking we'd be doing well. We're a chance to win zero, <laughs> but we could also win three, possibly four, um, if things really go away. So, conservatively, I'd say we're going to win two of them. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can come out in the same fashion that Brisbane did after their buy, refreshed and and guaranteed win. It'd be good. Um, I'm not going to hold my breath, but it would be good. But, uh, but I think um, if if you look at what's really holding us back at the moment. So we're playing kids, which is good. The kids are generally standing up and doing okay. The people that are really letting us down are the 50 to 150 plus game people, the the Sutcliffe, Spurs, Ibbotsons, Sheridans, Griffins, those sort of people. So really we need like that mid-tier clean out I yep. think, and just replace them with kids, cop losses, win a couple more games for the season, come 10th, 5th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, something like that, and then suddenly you've got 10 to 15 games into those young kids. We've gotten rid of all those spuds, and you know we've already won two more games than we did last year. We can't just keep... We, we know what we're going to get out of Sutcliffe and Ibbotson and Sheridan, I don't understand what persevering with them. Yeah, their changed. opportunity does seem to have been and gone. Um, it's it's last legs for me. Yeah, they're not going to be there for the next whole... charge. It's unfortunately realistic for good servants of our club, but and we don't say it lightly, but like you said, it's time to see what, what the kids have got and where we can go with the new site. So we... We appreciate it, but we look forward to it and hopefully we get to see some more changes come. But really, I mean, the bottom line is we just kind of hope that the boys, re- like at the beginning after the buy, that they just rock up. It, it is. It's that effort. And it's that effort from the first quarter. I, I don't think we've played well in the first quarter. 
yet this season in 11 games, so or 12 games or whatever it is. So it's really confusing to how we can continually play bad first quarters and concede so many goals. Like I'd love to know what our first quarter goal. Um, and there would be a genuine would be. emphasis on that when travelling. Like they, you hear coaches talk about it, like a good start, like playing away, good start. Silence the crowd, you know. Yeah. Get over the nerves, all those sort of things. Those cliches. Well, yeah. Ross is no Ross is no stranger to this. He comments on it a lot, and they try to change things. But at what point? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. It's a tough thing, but something has to be done because <clears throat> it is terrible to to keep being so down at quarter time. Yeah, well, we hope to come back and look at those next four five games with a lot more optimism. Yeah, never know. Maybe we'll come out and do the Ross Line special at Simmons Stadium, mate. Oh, if we get if we win all five of those, I'll somehow figure out how the technology works, and I'll get the recording of you predicting two. And I'll, and I'll replay it for everyone. Conservatively winning two. Come on now. You don't, can't MRP me before it's even happened. Hey, speaking can't of... suspend me from, from my own show. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we that segue is... into the MAP, oh, MRP, mate? Let's get into the new popular segment where we take a look at the who's who of the AFL media world has been slipping up. Making some outrageous calls. Basically, we got sick of the inconsistency of the match review panel, uh, so we wanted to be inconsistent ourselves and have the media review panel, Mm -hmm. where really we punish inconsistency and and incorrect things. Um, So, do you want me to kick it off, buddy? Let me know. All right. So, old mate Damien Barrett, who I feel like I I feel like a broken record telling this guy he's a spud, but. Basically, he's written an article about how... And the title of the article said it all. I didn't even bother reading it because he's an idiot. Um, the Irish experiment has paid off for Geelong in reference to Zach Tui. Now, on the surface, you sort of read that and you go, oh, yeah, like, fair enough. They did take a punt on him. And they went, no, I don't think they really took a punt on a guy. Had a look. He played 120 games before he came to Geelong. He kicked 40 goals. So he's a backman kicking three goals, a goal every three games. Um, he, in his last two seasons with Carlton, he was averaging 20 touches a game. <laughs> um, and he had one of the most booming kicks going on. He's got bad such Carlton a good side. kick. So, I mean, it'd be like them saying, you know, Dockers took a punt on Pavlich or, you know... <laughs> Yeah, Carlton take a punt on Judd. It's like, well, he's a pretty well established player. It's more like good you know, well experienced, well experienced player paying <laughs> it's off. Good, it's just a good recruit. Irish experiment is just. I just hate at Damien Barrett. You know, if someone else wrote this, I probably wouldn't have even noticed it. As soon as I saw his name there, I had to had to put it up there. So this is uh, it's low impact because it just annoys me more than anything. Um, but you know, bad record. Um, it's definitely Very high careless. contact. Yeah, uh, he, he needs to go. I reckon lifetime ban again. Uh, <laughs> guilty until proven I guilty ban as well. His kids. Ban his kids as well. I reckon it's in more than one lifetime. Well, we'll cross to a spud, a spud favourite of mine who commentates <laughs> a lot of games, who I didn't know wrote articles. Um, 
until this week, until I had to read A Beauty by Mr. Dermot Didn't know Burton. could actually write. Didn't know, mate. The amount of crayons he must have gone through to write this bad boy. <laughs> like, it's unbelievable. So his article is giving St Kilda a whack, who yeah. travelled to Adelaide on the weekend and found themselves on the receiving end that a lot of clubs have found themselves on this season of a good old Adelaide shellacking. Happens to the best of clubs, doesn't it? And, I mean, he's written this article where he goes through a lot of real weird things. He calls out something that's Jack Billings to Bontempelli. So Billings went at pick three, Bontempelli goes at four. You know, him using his hindsight is obviously like, oh, that's, you know, considering Billings' investment, he's not really performing. It's like, yeah, okay, settle down. He then goes on to give Montagna a pretty solid whack for being quite weak, um, not hard at the football, 280-gamer, um, pretty good servant of the St Kilda Football Club. And it's come out after that uh, he's rung, rung Dermot to confront him about it. Alan Richardson's gone on. He was on AFL 360 commenting on it, just talking really? about Yeah, yeah, he got, yeah, they asked him about it. So Joey's rung him. The day after, and just Montagna has rung Dermot Brereton to be like, "Mate, what are you on about?" Yeah, like that's a bit of a personal cheap shot, like player to player. Like, don't you think that that's you know, like I don't, I expect that from. What was the response? Well, you don't know what was said over the phone. Yeah, but okay. I mean, Richardson fairly backed it up on AFL three sixteen, said quite like, you know, made it clear that he just thought that it was just cheap and a very cheap shot. So, I mean, for that kind of um, literature, we're going to give the man who I didn't <laughs> Very, know he... very loose use of the word literature. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone. Like most people who come on the segment, it's just season over. You just don't get second chances around here, Juddy. I don't think you deserve them, really. I reckon Dermy's had enough. There was um. Mate, he can't absolutely... even remember players' names when he calls oh, football. Oh, he knows all the Hawks guys. He quite often is defending Hawthorne on panels. It's like, mate, we know you go for Hawthorne. Like, can we talk about this game rather than you know how Hawthorne are going? Ugh. Yeah, it's it's very much uh, alliances and allegiances um, with those commentators. So there was a really good. This is a bit of a weird, um, related but not really. This uh, video I must have sent it to. I'll post it on the uh, on the Dork Talk Facebook page because it cracks me up every time where they do... You remember how there was that Ross Lyon impersonation pre-season? Yeah. And it was like spot on. So this guy does Ross Lyon again and they do a, um, a 360, what's his name? Jared Waitley impression and he introduces the... It was when the Fife rumour happened about St Kilda and it, Jared Waitley introduces it like it's a 360 show. They go to Derm and someone does a Derm impression which is just <laughs> brilliant um, and then someone does a Ross Lyon impression and it's, oh man, it's so funny. I'll post it on the page. I recommend you all listening to it. I've listened to it so many times. I look there's forward to bit, it. There's this bit where Dermy um, is like, it's not the first time someone's maybe got a little bit excited. <laughs> it sounds exactly like what Derm would say. <laughs> oh, I can't stand his voice. Yeah. But he luckily we won't hear from him anymore because he's out for the season and people are taking their fines rather seriously, which is good for us that we don't have to enforce it. Still haven't had any checks sent out in the mail, but um, I'm hoping that soon the checks will start to flow in. The last one that $2. I saw... $2.80 checks. 
the last one, I saw Juddy, that was pretty interesting, and it leads us into probably our favourite segment, is there was an article that this round was a tipping nightmare. Oh, <laughs> not Which, <for> some. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about tipping nightmare. Depends who you are. Depends what podcast you're listening to. Because last week, Ruffy Club, the boys stood up. Well, didn't we? Well, I think this season is really more... Um, Every week, we it's almost guaranteed that there's going to be a couple of roughies getting up. Yes, yeah, side note, it's just a what weird a weird season! What a good season of footy! Like there were some cracking games on the weekend. Mm, for a buy, oh, anyway. how was Queen's birthday? Oh, well, that was wicked. I wish I had the day off. I was watching it on my phone. Every time I updated the score, I was like far out. I should have. I should have not checked it. It's pretty impossible. Well, not impossible. It's but very hard. Very, very hard. hard. Yeah. Would have been well, great. It's to bad, watch. bad timing for Perth. So. I went went into the hospital for a little bit and then got home, uh, had time to go for a run, and then we went out to a mate's house and watched it. And, yeah. and so, like, it finished at about six and we had dinner after. It was sweet. Um, so, this week, you know, in our roughy club, where we try to pick a roughy. Um, just and just on last week, we were encouraging gambling a lot. So, this week, I, uh, on the weekend, found a horse called Docker Pav racing at Flemington. <laughs> Um, so I loaded up on it. It was paying like 12 bucks. Didn't get near it, but I really, really wanted to support it. I actually saw someone tagged Pav in it on Twitter and said, how's he going to go today? And Pav drops one of the great puns. He goes, probably win by a nose, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute corker. What a legend Pav is. Um, so yeah, let's, let's have a chat about the roughies. So last week you, Carlton, uh, Absolutely hit the nail on the head with Carlton vs GWS at $4.75. You would be thanking your lucky stars that Toby Green can't oh, kick goals. That's exactly what I was thinking. He ran out of luck. Four points. Four behinds in the last quarter. One of them from the goal square. He's crazy. Um, he is. He's very good. Yeah, he's really good. Um, I've seen some comparisons to his running and kicking style to Ben Cousins. It looked really, really similar. They both had that like baby, baby face. He looks sort of like when still Cousins under under eighteen. Like does yeah. He's they all do though. And so I went. Um, so weirdly, Gold Coast after beating the Eagles came in as underdogs against Hawthorne, who played terribly the week before. Um, and so I backed Gold Coast at two bucks thirty, and lo and behold, the team that had a good win the previous week beat a team that had a terrible loss mm. the previous week. So cheers for that sports bet. Um, oh, shout out to the people who didn't get their tips changed in time after the late Hawthorne changes. Who were the late Hawthorne changes? Well, they dropped. They lost like Hodgie that. and Bruce real late, and they just got flogged. So I mean, that helped you out a fair bit. Yeah, well, it did, but I got in early, mate, because I knew what was yeah. happening. And that's what we encourage here Finger at Ruffy Club. Mate. Yeah, that's what we encourage, get in early, get in hard, get in heavy, put it all on the punt. Exactly. Oh, look, I'd like to make a little, this is somewhat related to how weird the season has gone, but a little shout-out to Ducky. So me and Ducky have a bet that um, I was quite bullish pre-season that Freya would win seven games, so more than seven games of the season. He bet that they'd bet win under seven games. And if it was seven, then we both lost. So we both had to Good pay. Um, <laughs> so until two weeks ago, Ducky was like, mate, you've got this in the bag. And so really 
the Dockers' recent performances have breathed some life into that bet. Um, and now that we can't beat the bottom team, I'm really worried who our next two wins are going to be from. Yeah, see, betting um, can do fantastic things for what is like dismal results. So they're giving yeah. they're giving Ducky a little bit of happiness in what is a they terrible football situation. So get on gambling. It's not all doom and gloom. On the flip side, on the flip side, we also have a bet. I thought the Eagles wouldn't make top four, and he thought they would. And Ooh. I really got my nose in front on that one. So the closeness of the season means that the Eagles could sneak back in, but form would suggest that they might lose a couple now and. Um, and fall out of that top four race, hopefully, for my bet. Not because I don't want the Eagles to finish top four. I didn't think they would. Um, so, yeah, Ducky and I have a, bit, a few side, side punts. Bets, I guarantee, yeah, have, have a side punt with your mates. Um, Get in on it. Yeah, don't let sports bet have all the fun. Just bet with your mates. Direct. Oh, definitely bet in beer, though. Beer, <laughs> bet in cartons. No, it's we're betting in weirder things than that. It's a tradey thing to do. That's how, that's how things are paid, things are made. That's how things get done. Um, so this week, we'll go to who our selections will be. So um, I'm going to go for Carlton to beat my team, the Gold Coast Suns, uh, at $3.10. Carlton coming off a good win, Gold Coast coming off mm. a, a pretty good win. $3.10 seems like a lot. Um, I'm getting round. So we'll see how that goes. I think... Melbourne at two forty five. It's a tough week to pick roughies. There isn't there's a lot of close games going on. We've got Sydney, Richmond, Eagles, Geelong, North St Kilda. So there is it's not a great week for roughies, but looking at it at two forty five, Melbourne against the doggies, I think hopefully this week Melbourne prove that they're the real deal after a really good game against Collingwood and I think they will get up. Yeah, that that is probably the next best one. Um, just don't trust the dogs at the moment. No. More or less. Well, all right. We've got there through that. There is one more very important segment. Let's get through this last, but certainly not least, before we finish it up before the big buy. Juddy, you must have for the top three. Top <laughs> so three. So we've, we've thrown out the uh, feelers and given our boy Chris Spencer shout out. Chris Spencer, number one ticket holder, um, who has just been phenomenal this week on Facebook. Great online presence. Um, and, mate, keep it up. We're loving it. Um, some great ideas too. So we've gone with his his uh, first suggestion, which was the three best haircuts in uh, Docker's history. Uh, player haircuts, that is. And yeah. by best, we mean worst. <laughs> so, Definitely. Or most memorable. Um, Not that so we've discussed we'll go, hairstyles before on here as we, well. We do discuss hairstyles a lot mm. and we have got one player who I will not mention until he gets mentioned properly who we talk about a lot to do with his hairstyle. So mm-hmm. um, shall we go my my third worst and then your third worst and we'll see how we match up. We haven't planned this together so we'll see how we go. So my third of the top three um, was, and this I think, Chris Spencer would agree with me. His big boy Clive Waterhouse, when he had that big dirty mullet and he looked like a redneck, you know, probably married his sister type thing. Um, I think that was just disgusting. Even though he did kick seven goals in a derby once. Yeah. <laughs> um, who was your third mate? Look, I had to throw it in there. It goes against the top three, 
but if we're talking hairstyles, I have to throw in and we have to talk about Jack Stevens' mullet. I know it goes against the countdown, <laughs> but it's just, I just want to it's, bring it it's up. It's unreal, isn't it? Yeah, Mate, no, I don't I, like that. So shout out to Tiff, Alex's wife, like full-blown American, doesn't really follow it. She just watches the Dockers games, loves the Dockers. It's only just starting to get into the other games. Like it takes you a while to want to watch the other games. Watching St Kilda, we're like, yeah, Tiff, look at this guy. And she's just like, what the hell? Who is that? What's going on with his head? Like she was just blown away. So shout out to Steven. has got to, had to bring it's him a up. Commitment. Oh, commitment mate. for him to do and that. He's a good footballer. I think he's great. He's, he's a great footballer. Oh, so anyway, my third really kind of jumped ship with it, but just couldn't get him out of the list. I tried. Yeah, who's that? Stevens. Oh, so you've actually put a St Kilda player in the top three Dockers players. That's what I was getting at. Like I couldn't get him out of the list. Like I just, I, I tried to tell him he doesn't play for the Dockers, but he, I mean, he didn't grow that thing for no reason, Juddy. Well, what I'll do is I'll, just because I can't let that stand, I'll throw in one of my unlucky-to-miss-out guys as your third, but I think Jack Stevens is a fine mention. So what about Scotty Waters with his Maggi Noodle haircut? <laughs> <laughs> what was going It's like a perm Maggi Noodle, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he looked like Spaghetti Head. Anyway. All right, so my second, um, who is the guy that I was referring to that we talk about a whole lot on this show, has a great nickname. Oh, my God, I fell segue into this story from the game as well. So second is Rickety Cricket. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just the whole combo. So while we're at the game, so the, the old battlers were sitting behind us and in front of us were these two, you know, maybe mid-30s uh, girls. I think they might have been a couple, but who, who cares? Um, and we were just, you know, mouthing off a bit and you know, dogs, but they were Dockers supporters. And we started calling, so a mate watches, the, one of the guys I was there with watches Always Sunny in Philadelphia, so really loved that we called Cricket Cricket. <laughs> rickety Cricket. <laughs> and, and thought it was like one of the funniest things. Anyway, so we're going, oh, Rickety Cricket, come on. And she goes, why do you call him Rickety Cricket? And we're like, oh, um... Unless you watch Always Sunny, it's probably not uh, not going to make sense. But basically, he looks like a crackhead. And she just goes, oh, wow, he does too. <laughs> and then so she started calling him Rickety Cricket. <laughs> and she was like, I'm not going to be able to call him anything else. I just know him as Rickety Cricket It is Cricket a good... Now. <laughs> the name suits him, especially with the running, running style. Very rickety, oh. very cricket. <laughs> I think it all just works. It comes together. He's definitely... That's a good two. Oh, he's just such a rickety cricket. From the present players your number two, mate? Mine goes to... I just had to put him in there because it was so distinctive when I used to watch... (laughs) If this is another non-docker... It's not a non-docker. It's not a non-docker. I've gone for the curly-haired, blonde-haired man that loved to hate, hated to love Mr. Sean McManus. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's it's borderline magic noodle as well, isn't this it? This is when you think of um, distinctive hairstyles from the Dockers, it just stands out for me. Yeah. Very iconic. I used to think that um, what's his name, the Docker, Barry the Docker, or you know the mascot was. I think he is. I thought that was McManus, basically. Could be cult hero. Um, yeah, Which I, I like still that. think, as much as I appreciate the hairstyle and remember it, I'm not saying it's a good hairstyle. Like I think the whole perm, long hair thing, like curls, is still. Uh, in my books, it's not a good look. No, it's very much so not. So sticking right, with the worst well, hairstyles. On on that um on that note, the worst number one worst haircut I've ever seen run out for the Dockers, uh, was a young player. He didn't play that many games. He was often the 
um, sub when the sub was in, and he would often be seen when he'd come on for, you know, 12 minutes of the fourth quarter, be seen running laps after the game, doing his running where they have to run a certain amount. Um, and that was Jesse Crichton. So Jesse Crichton Oof. used to run the full, basically an afro, but he shaved the side. So it was just purely mullet. <laughs> and it was the curliest blonde afro. It was the most bullshit haircut. Like, Very distinctive. What was, what was he thinking? Um, no, that's a good one. And and it was just gross, and he wasn't very good. Um, had, I, I reckon he played under thirty games. Um, poor old Jesse Crichton, probably the haircut didn't do him any any better. No. But who was your number one mate? The man who rocked the receding hairline with a lot of confidence, which I think is pretty not embarrassing. But when you're on national TV, you should probably do something about it, Mr. Kepler Bradley. <laughs> Big Cap. Cap is a good bloke. Yes, Cap's a great bloke, but I mean. Is- Proceeding as anything, is he? He just, like, what would have he have done? He never would have, like, what would his grooming thing be? He'd just, he'd just shave it or, like, he never seemed to bother with it. Like, <laughs> it's like he just didn't care, hey? Nah, and I'm sure it grew, so he had to do something with it. Like, he just wouldn't have stayed like that. I'm sure, I know his places weren't growing that well, but... Big cat. Oh, like, I like it. Thank you very much, Chris Spencer, for that. Can I just give my um, notable mentions? I've already said Scotty Waters. So, I used to love Heath Black when he had his spiky hair. Yeah. Like, proper gel. Very Juddy's 90s look. Yeah, very much me in primary school, or early high school. Um, Tony Modger with his Fabio, you know, flowing locks with the big marks. Mm. Um, and then there's obviously the current, so Fifey with his top knot. And then Sheridan Fifey with his yeah, top knot. I wanted and then to... Kirsten when he shaved around the side and had that weird little, like... Guy of Charlie's Angels. Yeah, basically. Um, and Weller with the male model long hair was pretty good too, I thought. Most of my near misses weren't from the Dockers and were just AFL players with mullets. <laughs> were you even thinking about the Dockers with this challenge? A little bit, but most of them are just like players to me that I would like. McManus, I'd just look and be like, that is just such a bad look. Like, why would you look in the mirror and just walk out with bad shit, player you know, and yeah. look combo oh. yeah no I completely know what you mean talking about frustrating Dockers players we could go on for ages if we start bringing up that kind of if chat. we go top three frustrating Dockers players mate we're going to need to blow that out to top 30 yeah um, and we won't even we won't even get through everyone in the current list <laughs> um alright so we're just nearly at 38 minutes should we uh we'll give everyone a rest what what do you reckon about um Next week, uh, Geelong. Any or well, any predictions for this weekend? Even though it's a Frio free weekend, a disappointment yeah. free weekend for us, guaranteed. Well, I hope everyone has a lovely week off. You know they yep. don't do a uh, hurt their knee at festivals like certain players. You know they take it easy, come back fresh. <laughs> dingo, dingo knee, Zach Clark. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Thursday night footy, Juddy. As always, love it, love the concept, love you know coming home work on Thursday, something to look forward to, and it's Eagles Geelong. It should be a cracking game. Yep. Selwood think... returns. Oh, it is too, and he played pretty well last week. Yeah. Um, the other one that is, um, my prediction is for the commentators to just talk about Dangerfield because I'm pretty sure Joel Selwood isn't playing. Is that right? Or did I make that up completely? Not sure. Well, you could have heard it here first. Well, well, 
basically first because it's the only place you'll hear it because it's not happening on the truth. Uh, first and last here. Um, well, anyway, that might not be the case, but I reckon the commentators just kind of talk about, like, Eagles could be up by 30 points and they'd still be talking about Dangerfield. Um, we really need to get over Dangerfield. Mm, I know. Danger Watch, though. Bring Danger Watch back. Oh, when he was just, like, stretching in the forward pocket. Yeah. I hope I get... Oh, that's a new prediction. Bad, I hope I watch football tomorrow at the Thursday night game and it's just all Danger Watch. Definitely. Um, I hope... Well, yeah, exactly. Two hours of Danger Watch. Like, pre-game. So he's just, like, showering and, like, <laughs> doing a shit and having a coffee. <laughs> Knocking one out. <laughs> Um, Alright, so shout out to anyone that does manage to listen to this. Um, how many listens do we get on this? Is it we still almost, three or four? <laughs> we almost cracked 50 for last week, so thanks for tuning in. Give oh, us some things listens. to talk about. Yeah, I wonder how many were me and you. Do you reckon like, take 15 off for me I've and me only, just listening to it on repeat? No, I've only got three IP addresses, so I can only get us up to three. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. Unless you've oh, bought a lot good. of iPads. Yeah, I'm just dealing iPads, mate. Yeah. We are hoping um, for a big spike in form from the Dockers and we get to bring a lot more positivity to the podcast and some upbeat, you know. It's a lot easier to do it when we win. Yeah, it is It is probably easier to listen to a podcast about a winning team than a losing team, isn't it? Yeah, but we're um, in for the long haul. Well, yeah, we've already dragged them to six wins. Let's see if we can get six more. Yeah, that's um, a very good point, Jay. <laughs> all right, mate. Um, Until next week, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. See ya.